Palm Sunday. Everyone show your palms. Oh, no. Woo! So we're going to talk about what, why we call it Palm Sunday today. And, and, but it, that's awesome, man. We got all this greenery around everyone. Now wave it and hit your neighbor in the face and do all that fun stuff. Woo! Palm Sunday. Thank you, Jesse, for making sure we have our palms. Amen. Next, uh, something just for parents to be uh, aware, um, and, and all of us, but uh, next Sunday for, for kids' ministry, they're going to be um, doing um, the Easter story hunt. And uh, so what they do is they actually, what we, what we do here is we have um, different pieces that represent part of the Easter story. And we go out, we actually hide those pieces out in the playground along with like 200 and something a, a candy filled eggs okay so um we're, we're what our plan is to just jack your kids up on sugar and send them home um no but but what, actually what we're gonna do is we're gonna so your kids are gonna be getting some um you know candies and things next week so be aware of that what we are gonna do is is uh um we're not going to let them like munch on all the candy um, in in kid zone. So uh, they're going to have just a tiny bit of it, and the rest they're going to take home so that you can control that. Um, and so I just want to let you know that that's going to be happening next week. So be aware. And of course, um, you know we, we check our kids directly in at 9:30. You know, next next week we plan on having uh, visitors. We always have um, extra visitors on Easter. And if you're visiting this morning, I'm glad you're here this morning. It's great to have you fellowship with us. Um, and so, you know, I want to encourage us to, uh, to be looking for, for visitors and welcome them and love them in the name of Jesus. Um, you know, the reason I am here as a believer today, I heard the gospel, I accepted Christ, but the reason I, when I came to this church, um, the reason I stayed was because I was loved. It wasn't, it, it, I, I knew the gospel, I knew Jesus, but the youth pastor here loved me unconditionally and um, opened up her home to me. And so as we love one another, the Bible says that you'll know that uh, you're, you're mine because of your love one for another. So we want to make sure we're loving, loving one another next week. The kids are going to have a blast doing their thing. They're, they'll probably be really loud, so we'll have to turn everything up in here so we can hear better. And, um, but uh, it's, it's going to be a great day. This week, a holy week, uh, I want to just encourage you to, to be in your word and be in prayer and to reflect on what this means. And we're going to start off today with, with the whole uh, understanding of what Palm Sunday is, and this is kind of the kickoff of Holy Week, Passion Week. Um, so turn the, uh, in your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. I've chosen to use Mark, um, but the same story is found in Matthew chapter 21, Mark chapter 11. It's found in Luke and John. This is the story of the triumphal entry the the week before jesus was crucified he comes into jerusalem so this morning we want to talk a little bit about what that means and and we'll talk about some of what the the words that we we're saying this morning um hosanna and um that's a that's a different word for you maybe for some of us but we'll talk about what all these things mean and uh, let's pray as we get into the word god we've we've been in your presence we know that you're here and we just pray now that you would bless this word God, that you would challenge and encourage each of us as believers here this morning, God, to draw closer to you, to continue on that journey of faith that you've set us on. Father, for anyone here this morning who's, who's seeking you or just wondering what you're about, what is this God thing about, what is this Christianity, what is this church thing about, God, that I pray you would meet with them right where they're at today. 
God, and that they would um, begin to know you in a deeper way. Father, we, uh, we just thank you for what you've done for us, and, and we pray a blessing upon this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Next week, I, I had planned on putting a sign up. I don't think we have enough letters for it, so I'm going to figure out if we can do that. But I, I don't know if you realize, next Sunday is Easter. Next Sunday is also April Fool's Day. So um, it's kind of interesting happening on the same day, which is also my sixth anniversary as senior pastor at the church. Um, Six years ago, it, w- it was a Sunday, I looked out at the congregation and said, hey guys, you just got a wonderful pastor. <laughs> April Fools, you got me. Um, but, uh, but so that's next week. So on the sign, what I wanted to put up there, and maybe you can just post it somewhere, is simply this. Uh, I felt like the Lord even gave this to me this, this last week. The fool says in their heart, there is no God. He is risen. See, April Fool's Day is a day of playing practical jokes and things on, on one another. There was, a, there was actually a skit I, I saw, I thought about, thought about showing it, and it's an invitation, insi- inviting somebody to church. And they said, hey, do you want to come to church with me uh, on Easter? And they says, great, great. Well, when is it? He goes, April Fool's. And, and, and obviously you can tell how it goes back and forth. He thinks it's a joke. Um, so make sure that people don't think it's a joke when you invite them to church this week. Um, and and uh, that really Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. We believe that. We know it's true. And so um, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Um, it's always sad when, when anyone passes away, but recently we lost a giant of faith and a giant of atheism. Um, no, my, I just lost his name, not Carl Sagan. Um, Stephen Hawking. Um, don't know what Stephen Hawking died don't know, I don't believe he had any type of conversion before he passed away. But I'll tell you one thing, today, he's a believer. He might be a believer from the wrong place, but he's a believer. You can see, everyone believes that the the Bible says that every knee will bow. Every knee. Some bow in judgment as they're judged. It's much better to meet Jesus while alive on this earth. And that's why we're encouraging to invite people and this morning, I want to talk to you about a few people who were involved in this triumphal entry. I want to read to you from Matt, uh, Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you've entered it, you'll find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied to the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. And some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus commanded, and they let them go. Um, I'm going to try that. Well, next time I see a really nice car, I'm just going to say I just... I need the Mustang. It's not a colt. It's a Mustang, but I need it. Um, Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. Many spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed behind cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
and Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So, so Jesus has been traveling with his disciples. He gets up onto the hill, just face, coming down into Jerusalem. And as he does that, there's a crowd that's been following him. And this crowd has actually been following him everywhere but it's grown and it grew a little bit in Jericho right before this they were in Jericho which is a good 15 mile walk from Jericho to Jerusalem probably about a six and a half to eight hour uh, walk because it actually when you leave Jericho and go up to Jerusalem you actually climb about 33 3400 feet in elevation and so, you know, just kind of imagine walking uh, be up to running springs from uh, San Bernardino on Highway 330, about 15 miles and about, a, you know, 3,500 foot ascent. That's probably about what they did. Um, and so it took a little while, but people were following Jesus the whole way, the whole way he had developed. Now, you know, when we do our prayer walk, uh, we've had some good numbers. We've, we maybe 20, 25 people, um, and that's only a few mile walk on the flats. Jesus was able to amass a much, much bigger crowd. So I encourage you to go ahead and do the walk with us. It's flat, and it's only about three miles. Otherwise, we'll make you do a 15 mile uphill walk. Um, and so he he has these people, and they get into as he comes down in Jerusalem, they begin to wave palm branches and cut them down and throw them in the street and they took off their cloaks. Well, wh what this is representing is that Jesus is coming as the king. He's coming into Jerusalem as the king, and the people of Israel wanted a king. Remember, they were under Roman rule at this time. They were, they had, they were able to practice their faith um, to some degree under Rome, but they were under a different rulership. And so the Jews, they didn't want to be under Rome anymore, so they believed that Jesus was going to be the one to come as the king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so they began to, to worship him. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the different types of people who were there that day giving praise. I want to talk today about um, different ways that we praise Jesus, uh, th that the people there praised and that we can praise too. Um, I want to talk um, a little bit about some reasons to give praise to God, to, to praise um, Jesus as well. And so in order to do that, I want to go back and talk about one of the people who's now on the trip with Jesus coming into Jerusalem, okay? Go back to Mark chapter 10 just a little bit before. Mark chapter 10. Jesus in Jericho picks up a new follower, okay? Verse 32, it says, Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going before them, and they were amazed. Actually, I'm going um, to pass that because that's, that's a little bit hurt. Let's go to, let's, so anyways, I'll start with this. So they're going up, and they're walking along the, the road, and this is where the two of the disciples have this great idea that they want to sit on the right hand and the left hand of Jesus in the kingdom. See, I think everyone's feeling like it's coming. It's starting to come. Jesus is gonna, he's gonna bring the kingdom, and we're gonna be with him. And so, the uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, uh, which is also they were nicknamed the sons of thunder, said, "Hey, we want to sit one on your left hand and one on your right." So this is this is what uh, they have. In fact, they were talking, and Jesus said to them, "What do you want me to do for you?" In verse thirty-six. In verse 37, they said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left. And Jesus goes, You don't know what you ask. 
are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with a baptism? So they're walking along. James and John, they're like, yeah, we want to do this. Jesus asks a question to them, and they say, he says, what do you want me to do for you? This is what we want. Drop down with me to verse 46. So they're walking along, and they come to now Jericho. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho uh, with his disciples, and a great multitude, um, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Do you remember what uh, Jesus' father's name was? Joseph. Joseph. He's not the son of David. Son of Joseph. This term that blind Bartimaeus is using is, is very powerful. It's one of the only times in the book of Mark that it's used. It's used in Matthew, but not Mark. By Bartimaeus saying, Jesus, son of David, what Bartimaeus is declaring is you are in the lineage of David, which makes you rightful king. And he's declaring Jesus as king. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him shushed him. Shh. And so he cried out all the louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And when he heard, that was, uh, verse 48, then many warned him to be quiet, and he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on, on, on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Now, I love Jesus. He does, he's just awesome in the way he does things. He could have walked over to Bartimaeus, but instead he called the people and said, bring the blind man to me. You know who he said that to? The same people that was shushing him. Shh, 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 shh. And Jesus says, no, 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 you bring him to me. And so they had to humble themselves and bring Bartimaeus over to Jesus. And, and this event, as you've, we've all read this story, there's so much in here. Um, one, the, the name Bartimaeus is an, an interesting name because it's, it's a mixture of uh, an Aramaic and a Greek name. So, so there's a, people are like, is that his real name or was it, uh, did we misunderstand the name? But if, if you mix the, the um, the Aramaic and the Greek name, which it says that his name meant son of Timaeus. Bar simply means son of, and Timaeus probably was his dad, but Timaeus means honor. Bartimaeus is the son of honor. And now Jesus is calling him to have a conversation with him. He called the blind man and saying to him, or the, the, then they called the blind man, the people around him says, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Bartimaeus, throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. Do you ever try to find something in the dark? I had to find something in the dark last night. My dog threw up, and I heard it, but didn't see it. So I'm walking very carefully. Right? It's kind of hard to find. Bartimaeus takes his cloak. Now, he's a beggar. He doesn't have much. He has a cloak, and he takes it, and he throws it. How on earth is he going to go find that cloak? He's blind. He knows how he's going to find it. He's going to be healed. He doesn't have to worry about where that cloak is. In just a few minutes, he has faith that he's going to be healed by the son of David. He throws his cloak aside and he goes to Jesus. And Jesus asks a very interesting question. Verse 51. This question might sound familiar to you. What do you want me to do for you. His disciples were asked the same question just a few minutes before. 
What do you want me to do for you? Their answer, we want power. We want prestige. We want glory. Bartimaeus simply says, I want to see. I want to see. And Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. So when we see the triumphal entry, Bartimaeus is now one of the people who is praising Jesus coming into Jerusalem. He's praising him because he had faith in him as soon as he heard his voice. He knew who Jesus was. But he's also praising him because now he's received a miracle and he is going forward. Now, you know, we're getting more and more familiar with little uprisings and riots and walkouts. And when when there's some type of a demonstration going on, don't you think it's a good idea to use wisdom whether or not you participate? Has anyone ever been swept up into a demonstration and then regretted it later? <laughs> you know, that happens sometimes. This is a demonstration about to happen because the people are declaring that Jesus Christ is the king, which means Caesar is not. Dangerous, dangerous thing about to happen here. Bartimaeus, along with a, a, a great multitude of people, are, are, are coming. Now, as we read a little bit more into, in chapter 11, we find some people who are saying things like in some of the other versions in Matthew, they, there's people who are criticizing and saying, why are you letting these people give you praise? Why are you doing this? They shouldn't be. And there's, there's, there's some dissenters within the crowd that are saying, this shouldn't be happening. There's Bartimaeus and those that are following. There's even the disciples who are a little wishy-washy understanding who Jesus is probably uh, at this point. And they have some pride that's coming up in their life. So this group of people is mixed. What's, what we want to do this morning is begin to try to figure out who we are this morning. As Jesus is, is coming in this morning to your life, who are you and where are you? Are you one who's received something great from Jesus and you know absolutely that he's the Lord and he doesn't have to do anything more for you? You're going to follow him no matter what. You're going to trust him. Are you those that are so confident that says that some went before him and some went behind? You know, it's always easier to be at the back. You kind of blend in, you know, just kind of sitting back there going, Hosanna, Hosanna. What about the ones in the front? They're the ones going to be noticed the most for this dissenting voice. It said those, there were those who went in front declaring this is the son of David. This is our new king. Where do you find yourself in this throng of people? Are you bold enough, confident enough to be in the front? Or are you in the back? Do you have good reasons to follow Jesus? Are you still checking him out? Are you asking for things like healing spiritually or are you looking to be part of the family of God, part of Jesus to get something out of it for yourself? You might even be this morning the person who's throwing little mocking insults. Again, I said earlier that April Fool's is next Sunday. Sadly, I'm expecting social media to be lit up with atheists who <coughs> talk about Easter and April Fool's on the same day. Be prepared. In fact, the Bible says to be always be ready to give an answer for anyone who asks you for the hope that you have in Jesus. This is a great time to be ready for those. Do it with love and mercy. So who are you? It's always time to examine ourselves. It also said that, that 
some on this throng took down their cloaks and they threw them on the ground. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen what donkeys do on the road. They come and eat my trash a couple times a week. You know, I, th- I think, Nicole, do they know what trash day is up in Lake Williams? Because th- I think they come out on trash night. And, uh, and, and they, they actually pull our cans out of their cover. And, I mean, they're amazing. And they always leave us some presents. It's always presents on the road. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So some threw their cloaks. Now, we got we to gotta remember, having a cloak was, was very important. It kept you warm at night. And, and it was such an important piece of clothing that when you lent somebody money, if you took their cloak as surety for the loan, Jesus said that you had to give them the cloak back in the evening so they would stay warm. And so I guess what it was is if you give me your cloak as a loan, I have to give it to you every evening, and then the next morning I take it again until you pay the loan back. That cloak is important. People don't have what we have today. They take their one piece of, of, of clothing that keeps them warm, that doubles us a lot, and they threw it on the ground for Jesus. Those people were willing to take something of value of their own and lay it down for Jesus to say, you are the king and everything I have is yours. Now, I don't want to belittle because some of these people may, they might not all be bad guys, but I'm going to talk a little bit about the people who did these. Others, it said, cut down palm branches and they threw them along the way. Well, that's a really nice gesture, but there's a difference between the person who put their cloak down and the person who did that. This cost me nothing. This cost me nothing. It's easy to, to do something when it costs you nothing. So there were those who were going before and shouting. There were those who were behind. There were those who took their possessions of value, everything, and they were willing to give those to Jesus. And other people were just willing to cut something down and throw it on the ground. Who are we this morning? Has Jesus made such an impact in your life that you're willing to go before the rest of the people and say, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and I give my life fully to him, and all of my resources I easily, freely give to him. So there's different people, and it's it's important to decide who we are and decide if we're comfortable remaining in that position. We see some different ways that the people praised Jesus on that day too. They did it with their voices. They cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David. Well, well, that, that's easy to do if you're in a church. I mean, you know, you, you could, if you wanted, you could even park around back so nobody saw you coming here, and, and you could walk into the building and be safe and say, I'm, I'm willing to sing the songs at church. Are you willing to sing the same songs outside? Okay. So, but, but praising God with our voices is one thing, and there's, it costs a little bit. Now, for them, their, their voices, it was going to cost them because as they declared, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna to the Son of David. Now, Hosanna, I, I told you I was going to tell you what that means. It's very simple. It means God save us. God liberate us. It's a, it's a combination of two words. So as they sang Hosanna, they were crying out, to Jesus, God, save us through Jesus. Not through Caesar, not through anyone else. So they praised him with, with their voices. You can praise him with your actions. They took their coats and they threw them down. They 
probably waved their branches and lifted up their hands like we do at concerts even. You know, we go to concerts. They don't even have to be Christian. We pull, well, we used to pull out lighters. Now, nowadays, they just pull out cell phones and they turn on the screen and go like this. And they praise the musicians with their actions. And we can praise God with our actions. We can do it with our bodies. Romans chapter 12 says that offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Holy and pleasing. That means everything you have, give them everything. And, and some of these people were willing to give everything because they knew that if this goes bad, they're going to be counted with the dissenters. They're going to be rounded up. One of the things that some of these people did is they gave praise wholehearted, wholeheartedly. And that's what Jesus is looking for. Remember the conversation Jesus had with the Samaritan woman? Talking, and she starts trying to get him off track. We talked about that a few weeks ago. And she says, well, wow, you, you seem to know so much. Where, where is the right place to worship? Is it on the mountain or is it in the temple? And Jesus says, i tell you the truth. The time is coming when it won't be on the mountain, it won't be in the temple. He says, but the Father is looking for true worshipers, those who worship in spirit and in truth. See, God is looking for us to wholeheartedly worship God, not just with our mouths. He doesn't want us to just say, I love you, and then have our actions go and do something different. Wholeheartedly, with our voices, our actions, our bodies, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. You know, as a worship leader, I, I, and, and, and being a little sarcastic at times, I often think of the songs that we sing and say we probably should change the words to them because they're not very true. Remember the song, All to Jesus I Surrender? All to Jesus I Surrender. I think it's probably often in, in, in our lives, I know it has been in my life, that the more appropriate song would be, Some to Jesus I Surrender, Some to Him I Freely Give. Right? I surrender some. Lord, I give you part of my heart. I give you part of my soul. I live for you and a whole bunch of other things alone. The Lord is looking for us to fully worship him, to fully give him everything. And, and like the people we, we read in the Bible, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost you at times friendships and relationships. Yesterday, I don't know if any of you have met Rabbi Antonio. Um... He's a big, tall, black gentleman. He's 85 years old. I didn't know he was 85. He's going to be singing at Calvary Chapel on Sunday. He, he's saved. He met Jesus, but he grew up Jewish. And he came to faith. He fought in Korea. And um, I helped him find his, his music. He, he lost his music, so I downloaded it and gave him a, a new CD so he could sing next week and got to, got to meet him. Uh, he's telling me his story, and I asked when he, when he met Messiah when he when he you know because he was Jewish and I, I figured he was probably Jewish before and he said why well, I, I met Messiah I believe it was in in the 80s 1985 and I said well if you're 85 that means you were already quite a ways into your life I said how did your family take it he says they X'd my name out of their Bible and they wrote me off I'm no longer part of the family because he found Messiah coming to Jesus will cost you Giving him your all will cost you. It's not easy. There'll be times that he calls you to do something that you're not 
ready and uh, to do my, my prayer is that you will willing say I, I don't know if I'm ready but I'm going to do it I'm going to walk in I don't want to be those at the back who are timid only throwing down things that cost me nothing on the road I want to be at the front of the group and I want to throw my livelihood and my whole life down for Jesus Christ but it could cost us Bible says in the end time people will, will fall away and chase after other gods there's going to be a lot of persecution for those who stand strong. We're beginning to see it more and more in this nation. Stand up for righteousness and you begin to be called a bigot, narrow-minded, brainwashed. I always like the one when people used to, that, that's an older one. You know, you're just brainwashed. And my brother said, well, that's okay. My brain needed a good scrubbing. Stand up for Jesus at school, for your faith, and it's going to cost you. But he's calling us to be wholehearted in our approach to him. There was a lot of people on the road in Jericho who didn't follow Jesus. They saw him come by. They watched what happened to Bartimaeus. But they stayed behind. We don't want to be like those who watch Christianity happen and other people participate and follow Jesus and us just be a spectator at the side of the road. Get on the road. Follow Jesus. Make your way to the front of the pack and say, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest to him. I read this quote in my studies this week, and I, I, it was actually just in a commentary, and I forget which commentary it was, and I, I wrote it down because I loved it. It says that the Hosannas of earth are the prelude to the hallelujahs of heaven. The hosannas of earth are the prelude to the hallelujahs in heaven. See, as we cry out, God save us, hosanna, and we give him praise here, it's just the beginning of the hallelujahs in heaven. So begin to sing hosanna now. Give him your everything. Put it all on the line for him, because that's just the prelude of what's to come in heaven, and that's the hallelujah chorus. What are some reasons that we should give praise to God? This is so not exhaustive. In fact, I was wondering, well, you know, what, where should I go? And I went to some of the Psalms, and it, the Psalms, so 147, just different Psalms lay out the reasons to give him praise, for he is mighty, he is wonderful, for he's forgiving. And, and I realized that I would have pages and pages of reasons to give praise to God, so I just decided to take 10 that were meaningful to me. And I hope that they'll be meaningful to you. One of the reasons we give praise to God is that God accepts us and it's his acceptance of us isn't based on our performance. God's acceptance of you isn't based on your performance. It doesn't matter how good you are and what you do for him. He loves you and accepts you. Number two, God rescued you from a kingdom of darkness and he transferred you into the kingdom of his dear son. That's worth giving him praise for. He rescued you. He rescued me. Another reason, God has made you free. And, I, and I, that was a tough one. I said, well, God will make you free. God has made you free. The Bible says that he who in the sun sets free is free indeed. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people in Christianity who've trusted in Jesus as their Savior that are like in a cell, like in a prison cell. And when they trusted in Jesus to be their Savior, Christ unlocked the cell door. But they remained inside. They're no longer bound by the bars or the locks. They're bound by the fear of leaving their own cell because Christ has made us free and it's worthy. He's worthy to give them praise because of that. 
Number four, God knows all about you, and he loves you anyway. We all know that there's stuff that we don't tell people because we're afraid if we tell them that part of our story, they won't like us anymore. Isn't that true? Well, God knows all about you, and he loves you anyways. Number five, God has made many opportunities. God has had many opportunities to give up on you, and he never has, and he never will. You can just let that run in your, mo- your mind for a moment. You can actually begin to go back in your life and say, you know, if I were God, <laughs> thank God I'm not, I would have given up on me then and then and then. But he never did. He never gives up on you. Another reason that we can praise God is that he has commissioned us to, to, to participate in the greatest cause on earth. He actually calls us to be involved with reaching the lost so that other people can go to heaven. Now, there was something in, in the story when, when Jesus sent his disciples ahead, and it, and it, and it vexed me a little bit. I, I need to confess, because it's always good to be honest, is, is he sent the disciples ahead and says, you're going to find a donkey and tell the, tell the owner of the donkey that the master needs it. Now, wait a second. Does Jesus have, does he really need it? Does he need it? I'm going, you know, I'm going, oh, no, wait. Is this going to hurt my theology? Does God need something that I have? And, I, and so I, I just tell you, I, I had to go in there. And I looked up at the Greek. And one of the understandings of that word in the Greek is, is that he has a use for it. He has an occupation for it. There is something suited for that that he has in mind. So when in, in the story when Jesus sent his disciples, he was saying, hey, go find a donkey. I have a purpose for that donkey. Christ has a purpose for you. To be involved in the great commission and the great commandment to go into the world and tell everybody about Jesus Christ and also to love love your neighbor as yourself. He's commissioned us. Number seven, he's filled you with his spirit and that's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. When you came to Christ, the spirit of God lived inside of you. Are any of these worthy, good enough reasons for you to praise him? Number eight, God has made peace, joy, and hope available to you. Peace, hope, joy. He doesn't always give me everything I want, but he gives me peace in the process. He doesn't always answer my prayers, but I have hope of heaven and joy everlasting. Number nine, God listens to every prayer you pray. My youngest is 10 years old, and I feel like sometimes we don't listen to him very well. You know, he's, we're all, the, the rest of the kids are getting older and sometimes the youngest can kind of be left behind. I was the youngest. I don't know if you've ever felt kind of outed and not important, not listened to. Jesus, God wants to listen to you. Everything you have to say. He listens to every prayer you pray. And number 10, and I said this is not an exhaustive list by any means, so but is the last one on the list. Another reason to, to, to praise God, to worship Him, is because God sees every tear that falls from your eyes. Every tear. And we've talked recently, and He wastes none of them. Every hurt, every pain, He sees it, He feels it, and in the future, He'll use it to bring glory to Himself and to bring healing to you. So who are you this morning? Who am I? That's the question. Where do we find ourselves on this great Palm Sunday? 
We all came and received one of these this morning. If you didn't, I'm sure there's, there's more back there. No, it's okay, Jim. If you want, you can take one on your way. But you may have noticed that it didn't cost you anything yet. So you came in, and this was handed to you, and says, man, I'm going to praise God. Woohoo! It's kind of fun. You know, it's the one day we get to wave things in the air here. But this didn't cost me anything. David, once, when he was going to make a sacrifice, there was a plot of land, and, and he wanted to buy the land from the owner, and the owner says, oh, no, no, I, don't, I want to give you the land to make the sacrifice. And David said, far be it from me to offer anything to God that doesn't cost me anything. See, when we offer something to God, it's, it's actually got to cost us something, or it's really not a sacrifice. So even though Palm Sunday is a joy of, of celebration, we better be ready because we know what this next week holds. On Thursday, Jesus is going to go to trial, and he's going to be crucified on Friday. And the disciples are going to disperse because everyone's going to be afraid of what's next. I don't want to be the one who runs away in fear. I want to put it all out on the line and follow him boldly at the front of the line saying, Hosanna to the son of David. I am unashamedly a child of God, and I will not ask your forgiveness for my beliefs. I love him. He loves me. He died for me, and I will follow him all the way to my death. Hosanna to the son of David. My prayers, you'll find me at the front of the line, taking the things of value and saying, Lord, you can have them all. They're yours. Because he's given me so many reasons to praise him, to give him thanks. I've received his mercy just as blind Bartimaeus, who's no longer blind. I received his mercy and I was healed. As the writer of the song, I once was blind, but now I see. Let's pray. God, this is a, it's, it's a joyous day to remember who you are and what you did. God, I pray that each of us this week, even the rest of this day, can picture you coming into Jerusalem about to do what you did for us. But God, not in the way that we thought you should do it. Not in the way we always want you to do it, God, but you're coming in right now into each of our lives. God, I pray that each of us this morning would say, Blessed are you. Jesus. Coming in the name of the Lord, you are the son of David. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. This morning, God, we want to offer afresh our life to you. We want to put ourselves at the front of the line and give you our heart and our praise and our wholehearted worship and adoration. Father, we thank you that you made the sacrifice and paid our debt so we didn't have to. So this morning we just give you our hearts and our lives and pray, God, that as this week continues on that we find ourselves enraptured in your love and understanding what you did on this Passion Week for us. God, in the process, we thank you for challenging us to share the good news of what Easter really is with others and those around us. Help us to love one another greater this week and each new day. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, love one another.